0: Hello everyone and welcome again to another episode of the Just Shiatsu podcast. And we are going to continue with our examination of the chapters in the Suen. So today we're going to concentrate on chapter 12 and 13. Uh, My rewrite of chapter 12 is extremely short. So I decided to add in chapter 13 as well so that the podcast isn't two minutes long. With that said, let's look at some of my highlights of the chapter before I read what I have decided to write. So in chapter 12, when I was reading through this, I highly edited out the details. One of the reasons was as I found reading all the details, it added nothing to the foundational statement that was being said in this chapter. And I felt it could lead to a little sense of confusion depending on how you want to take all the details they were adding to the the idea they're expressing here what happens is they go through the five regions of the earth and they talk about how each region treated diseases differently and this was dependent on like the idea of how they were eating and the environment and what that elicited for them to work and move through and the, the elements they had to deal with and how that influenced the way they treated people one of the things that i think could be taken away from that which is not how i chose to interpret is that Different diseases require specific tools and things to cure. But if I take the idea expressed at the very beginning of the chapter, I don't believe that's what they're trying to say. So I stick to the initial question here, and then I just use the text and edited it a little bit just so that it wraps itself up in a very short little meaning. And remember, as always, when I'm trying to edit this stuff, I was always looking for a very foundational principle to build upon. Again, as I do body work, these texts aren't necessarily written for people for bodywork, so I have to find principles and then go through those principles and understand how I can apply that to the bodywork or the shiatsu that I'm doing. And this is the main reason why I have rewritten these texts and highly edited them to be more practical for someone who does body work. So with that said, let's just read this very very short chapter i think it's like five sentences long now so chapter 12 it starts it has been observed that identical diseases may be treated differently by different practitioners i have seen that even though both treatments are different the results were the same the patient was healed how can this be This is due to the custom and habits of the individual. Different regions of the world have different resources. With this information, people brought various ideas together in treatment. Each case received what was appropriate. So if one uses a way that is different from another and the disease is healed in both cases, this means you understood the principles and nature of the disease. And that's the end of chapter 12. If we move into the next chapter, we get chapter 13. In chapter 13, they talk about how the medicine has evolved over time. So the chapter basically begins with expressing the idea that in simpler times, man was less taxed and was living in harmony with the world more efficiently. Um, And as life became more taxing, one lost the ability to keep their body healthy. And I think this still reflects A lot in our society today. We have definitely gotten ourselves more busy and we tax ourselves more than the simpler times of of living. And the kind of the basis here is like the further we get away from living simply, the harder it is to keep the proper chi in place and our healing potential goes way down. Also in this chapter, you're going to start to see the importance of using visual assessment. um, And they'll always express that as the complexion and then being able to understand how the feeling in the channels through palpation reflects also this idea of the complexion. They really go into detail here saying that if you don't understand how the complexion reflects the feelings in the channels, you will not be successful in the work you're doing. Another idea stressed here, not said directly, but I am inferring this through the text, is the idea that the patient is your teacher. So it's not expressed in those words directly, But there is a a statement in here talking about how if you're not getting results, you do not understand the medicine, and you need to go back and study and find out where you are wrong in your ideas or principles of the medicine. To me, that says the patient is your teacher, the patient is your master. It doesn't matter how eloquent you find a teacher or a teacher that can express all these theoretical ideas very clearly and understanding to you. If they don't work in the real world, they mean nothing, they're just fancy ways to think. And lastly, in this chapter, it brings again the idea of the importance of the quality of spirit. And it, you know, keeps bringing to mind that like the spirit needs to be employed for any sort of healing to happen. And when I think about what's being stated at the end of the chapter here, I think they're talking about both the practitioner and the patient spirit having to be present. And without this, you're really not practicing the medicine. This makes me think of practitioners who put needles in the patients and leave the room. Now, obviously this is having an effect on people, but you are definitely not staying present with the patient in the way they're talking about at the end of this chapter. And this just gets me curious about how powerful that medicine might be if we stayed with the patient during the whole process. Now, the the problem with that is, as an acupuncturist, you need to make a living, and sometimes it is more financially beneficial to be able to treat multiple people at once. And there's no way around trying to make a living and support yourself um, is more beneficial to being able to treat multiple people. So there's a practicality to it for, you know, being able to practice the medicine. But it always makes me wonder how much more powerful the medicine would be if we were actually able or if these people were actually able to stay in the room with the patient the whole time, right? you as you read the statement at the end of the chapter it talks about sealing the doors and closing the windows and gathering everything into that space and not letting it leave right when we leave the room our spirits leaving now one of the benefits of body work is that we are constantly in the room with the person through the whole treatment does it mean that it's more effective than those other forms not necessarily Um, You are also able to work on someone and just go through mechanical motions and let your mind wander and not actually be present with the person. So in that regard, that's no different than someone who leaves the room, right? So you have to really bring your mind into attention during the whole treatment process. And I, I really hate being a critic and questioning, you know, I'm not trying to call people out for their practices but like i just get curious like how much more powerful would this medicine be if this principle was invoked in the work right i mean when we're talking about acupuncture that they're doing in this book you're often going to hear the statements of or the patient will die so we're talking about life or death medicine and this idea that we're constantly in the room for shiatsu i think adds another layer to it (laughs) often i'll hear the, the idea that even bad shiatsu is good shiatsu. And I think that really kind of has to do with the fact, I mean, there's a couple factors there. There's the fact that the channel system is really just one giant channel if you want to look at it that way. And the other aspect is that we're constantly there. So even if our principles or theories are off, that foundational principle of bringing in the spirit is still present in that treatment. But like, as I reflect on some of the things that they've said in the in the previous chapters, Right? I'm always pointing out this idea of the Shen Ming or the spirit because it's in a very prominent thing that gets set, spoken about in the medicine a lot. There's a statement in chapter one of the Ling Shu that says the, the superior practitioner understands the inner mechanism of the medicine. And I think what they're referring to there is the spirit. So if you were to break this down into a simple statement, it seems the principle is that it's, healing, the healing power within everyone is really the basis of the spirit. So, I mean, when you look at it in that way, maybe the really foundational principle is we are really trying to get that person's spirit to come online through the recognition of the movements that are happening within them. And when I start to read this chapter, maybe this is why it starts out with the statement that no one really needed help when life was simpler. All they had to do was invoke the origin and in this case, I'm thinking the origin might be the spirit. And then everything went back to normal. Again, these are just thoughts. Like I like I like to just share my thoughts with the world. That's part of what this podcast is. I don't necessarily have the definitive answer for you, but these are things worth thinking on for sure. And if we start out then going into reading the chapter as I have rewritten it, we start out with... I have understood that in the past, people treated disease by simply moving essence and changing chi. With this simple approach, they invoked the origin, and the disease came to an end. In current times, people use toxic drugs to treat the interior and needles and stones to treat the exterior. In these cases, some are healed and others are not. Why is this so? The people of the past lived among the animals. In times of cold, they moved and were active, and in this way, avoided the cold. In times of heat, they found the shade, and in this way, avoided the summer heat. Internally, they observed that longing for desire, even in thought, caused disharmony, so worked to let go of these entanglements. Externally, they did not have the physical ailments of anxiety by searching for fame and fortune. Due to the peaceful and tranquil mind that results from these practices, Nothing was able to penetrate the body, so drugs, needles, and stones were not needed. Because of this state of being, invoking the origin had great effect. The people of today are different. Anxiety and suffering move within. They lack the strength and physical fitness and overexert themselves, harming the exterior. The ways of following the four seasons are not observed or have been lost. They oppose the requirements of heat and cold. Because of this, they are often deficient and weak to guard against the elements. They feel depleted in the morning and the evening. This depletion affects the organs and gets to the deepest aspects of the bones and marrow. Externally, it harms the orifices, the muscles, and the skin. This is how, if one gets a minor disease, it develops into something more serious, and this will eventually lead to death. This is the reason invoking the origin has not been effective today. How is it that we can clearly know if someone will live or die? The keys to understanding this are in the complexion and the feeling of movements in the vessels. In antiquity, they established the structure we use to understand how the complexion and movement in the vessels reveal how they are in communication with the Shen Ming. This means that they match them to the five elements, the four seasons, the eight winds, and the six cardinal points. It is through the observation Of understanding the established patterns, or if there were changes, transformations, and mutual shifts in position. It was within these contexts that the mysteries were revealed and the essentials of death or survival can be known. It is the complexion that corresponds to the sun, it is the vessels that correspond to the moon. It is searching with these practices that the essence of life can be understood. The changes and transformations of the complexion and how this corresponds to the Four Seasons movements in the vessels is of great importance. This is what establishes the link to the Shen Ming. Understanding that they were able to maintain life, we called them sages. When the people of the Middle Ages treated a disease, once it had arrived, they treated it with proper foods. This was done for 10 days. It was used to treat the diseases of the eight winds in five blocks. If it has not ended after 10 days, they treated them with herbs and all manner of plants that could be combined to create medicine. If the practitioner understands the way, this will match the disease and it will be subdued. In later generations, these talents were lost. They forgot the ways of the seasons. They didn't understand the ideas of sun and moon. They didn't know if the movement in the vessels were correct or disordered. This created a medicine that required a physical manifestation before it could be treated. They resorted to using needles to treat the exterior and drugs to treat the interior. The less educated were very aggressive in their treatments, believing that launching an attack would kill the disease. Because of this, the essential nature of really treating someone was lost. We must remember the essentials. We must not miss the movement in the vessels and complexion. When we understand these, we must make use of them without confusion. This is the grand rule of treatment. If one treats without understanding these associations, then the practitioner and the understanding of disease will not match. The practitioner is not treating the patient with understanding. This is the same as not allowing your spirit to shine. This is like a ruler who doesn't understand his people. How can they be governed properly? If your treatments are not having success, you must discard what you currently know and study to get greater understanding or a new approach. This is the only way to truly be. Knowledge of disease can only truly be known through the complexion and vessels. We can cause this, we can call this the oneness of self. If one understands the idea of oneness from the two distinctions, then one will always get it right. How do we develop a state that sees clearly these complexions and movements in the vessels without distortion? It is only when you are in the present moment with your patient that you can understand. Close the doors and shut the windows and tie yourself to your patient. Inquire about how the patient is feeling and adapt your treatment to their sediments. If one gets a hold of the spirit, the patient will prosper. If the spirit is lost, the patient perishes. And that is the end of chapter 12 and 13. And we will continue next week. So everyone have a great week. Thank you for giving me your time. And I hope as always, you have a great time in life. Thank you.